All right, guys, welcome back. First time ever doing this. This is this is a Sean Light special here um, because I have never done a uh, a Twitter space in my life. Uh, but to be fair, the first time I did it was yesterday. Oh wow! Okay, well we're going right into it. Uh, I've seen it because <laughs> remember we talked about this recently. It was about that. Um, what was that? Uh, that that first one. Oh, Clubhouse. Yes, that's right. And then immediately Twitter just squashed it into oblivion. Yeah, it's a. It's, I don't even think I. Can you hear me just as good right now? I put my phone down, but I have my uh, my. Um, yeah, AirPods sounds like in. sounds like you're talking to me on the phone. Fantastic. All right. And, and to well, our wonderful listeners. AC, what's up, my man? Go, you should be at working right now. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. It's one of the reasons we were deciding to do this. First off, AC is definitely on paternity leave still, yet he's just making me fill out Excel spreadsheets for him. Um, but uh, the reason we're doing this is because like people got to work. They're, they're, they're at their desk now at 9 a.m., settled in, or whatever. Maybe they do more work like on just construction sites. Just got back from the water cooler. They got their yeah. cup of joe, time to check exactly. ESPN, and now they're going to listen to a live broadcast. I'm actually pumped about this one. This one actually, uh, obviously, I like when we dive into WVU and stuff, but I love, like, we're talking about, like, real stuff with West Virginia about, like, can financially they afford to buy out Neil Brown, Shane Lyons, and the entire athletic administration right now? Well, as expected, you did a tremendous amount of research into exactly what their buyouts are, which is unlike me. I did uh, exactly no research. Uh, which is, again, par for the course for the brothers here. Uh, but uh, the first thing I do want to talk about quickly before we get into the WVU, because I'm sure the W will be the meat of this podcast. First off, guys, I appreciate you guys all tuning in. Yes. Um, I wholeheartedly expect to have, have expect to have pretty much just AC. I really actually expected to have nobody. But because I now that I see AC in here, I did expect to see him. Now that that resonates more because I, I see AC everywhere. Yeah, this but, is dope. I want to be able to like eventually like like field questions, have like Q and A, like callers and stuff. Like I, I would love that'd be so awesome. Yeah, it would be. That would be. But I am enjoying my my <laughs> AC. The only one knowing how to use emojis and this just sent a hundred uh, thing to us. But um, let's talk quickly about FTX, especially because I, I'm pretty sure I see one of my favorite employees. Yes, he's in here because I think he started. He has a Twitter and Fody, big time. Fody, if you guys don't know who Fody uh, is, he's one of my bartenders. Probably going to be a partner of mine eventually. Uh, but he uh, he got me to go to dinner solely to try to convince me to do uh, to to invest in cryptocurrency. Uh, and now I am. Both of us are Sean uh, amateur crypto people. We don't know much about the the industry for as a whole, which is. You know, pretty much why we don't invest in it because we don't know a whole lot about it. Um, we had huge news, and this guy who ran FTX uh, has now seemingly run it into the ground. Uh, and it is, uh, I think they said it went from 32 billion valuation to zero in uh, 24 hours, something like that. Oh my God. Um, and interestingly enough, though, a man I, I very wholeheartedly respect in the in in all investing aspects, a gentleman by the name of of um, of Kevin O'Leary said recently. Now I don't know if he's just trying to save face, but said recently he would invest again if that gentleman came back to ask him for more money, which is interesting. It kind of 
I mean, Kevin O'Leary is a pretty tough investor to be able to go back to the same guy who seemingly has lost everyone a ton of money. I wonder if he thinks it's kind of just a move that he, you know maybe just kind of cost this guy a ton of things. But based off his, I don't know if you've seen this, Sean. The recently uh, we t- we saw um, he had like a Twitter exchange DM thread with some reporter, and he was pretty much who in so many Samuel Bankman Friedman or whatever or yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah, he had a. Yeah, he, no, 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 no. Um, the freed guy. SBF. SBF. He had a Twitter exchange, and in so many words, pretty much stated that like, uh, there's winners and there's losers. That people who people do the same thing I was doing, but because they were able to survive and never get, get to this point, people think that they're great and they're awesome. These great people, but they did the same thought process, same same moves. Yeah, I just. I just, I guess, overlevered myself and ended up getting and ended up failing. So people think I suck, but it's almost like the the whole uh, business ethics question: Can you do can you do something unethical in business for the great or in life in for the greater good? And I mean, that is a philosophical question. Well, yeah, well, that, I, I, that, then you're starting to ask like, is it is it if it's for the greater good, is it then ethical? I don't know. I think that my my take on it is like. I get the I have I've read articles. I get the sense that he was doing some shady stuff, maybe stuff that he wasn't supposed to do, maybe just cover his ass a little bit. Uh, but I definitely definitely steer a little bit towards what you're saying in terms of like Kevin O'Leary. I actually saw some stuff from Mark Cuban. There there's two things. One that I thought was really interesting and and smart uh, was he said said that the the fiasco with uh, FTX uh, isn't a cryptocurrency problem. It is a banking problem, right? They like went out and they like lended the money and they did it kind of, you know, stupidly. Uh, and then they got themselves into predicament as a lot of people maybe actually don't know is that banks don't just hold your money in a shoebox. Uh, they go out and they lend it to other people and try to invest it and make money that way. I just found out the other day, right, like yesterday, that that's what insurance companies do. I had no idea. But that's what FTX was doing. They were putting their, you know, people were investing in the in the fund or whatever it was, and they went out and they were lending it, uh, and, it and it the lending didn't go well, uh, which I think is inherently a little bit of a challenge with the fluctuations of the cryptocurrency market. But uh, I think... When when you got a guy like Kevin O'Leary, you got a guy like Mark Cuban investing and investing big and and you know speaking out about it. I, there's there's for sure something there which is entices me to actually dive a little bit deeper into it. But the uh, I saw Mark Cuban talking about something about how it wasn't necessarily the cryptocurrency that he was investing in. It was like the technology that was behind it uh, and what's being built on that technology, which I did find to be interesting. But again, I have not dove. Uh, so deep into any of that to have a real good grasp on it. Yeah, the, it also stands to uh, to reason or, or something that should be made mention of is uh, he was a lot of the money went to Almeida, I think that's how you pronounce it, which is his other company, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he he himself was like the second biggest donor to the Democratic Party. Uh, so a lot of people are calling, you know, getting pissed at the Democrats now because they feel as though there was no over oversight on this guy because he was such a big donor so they kind of let him run wild and now we're all in this fucking predicament <laughs> uh but granted i i have no money in ftx i am not a i i don't pretty much nothing of fucking about it I mean, although i've seen it a ton i was on like MP, mlb umpires shirts this year like, he's a huge huge yeah, they were uh, i think there was the uh i think the miami heat maybe the arena was like the ftx arena or something like that i actually saw like i'm interested because you remember do you remember the old power balance bands yeah, they were uh, like they were all the rage when when I was in college, uh, and 
I, you know, what, what, I don't know the the level of effectiveness of them, but like you always got those people that would be like, here, like stand straight up for a second. Then they just like yank your arm down to the left, and they're like, see how unbalanced you are. And they're like, okay, hold this, hold this thing in your hand, and then they do it again. And it's like, wow, you're so stable. And we're like, well, is it really because of the band or is it that I knew you were going to do that, right? But they became like super popular. It was like a fashion statement. And they eventually named the arena uh, in for the Sacramento Kings. It was the Power Balance Center or the Power Balance Arena. And, and like a couple months after or a year or so, I don't know how much time, but a couple you know, some time passed. Uh, and it just came out that it was just complete fabrication, complete nonsense. Uh, and they, they like the company went under. They had to sell the naming rights to the arena. And this is exactly what's happening with FTX right now, where the naming right. I think they had the naming rights or sponsor. Maybe they were on the jerseys of the Miami Heat. So that's that's got to go now as well. So it kind of has that feel to it. And you look at like Crypto.com Arena. I think I just saw, uh, you know, I saw. I think I saw one of the uh, courts had chain on it and I I thought maybe that was like blockchain or something but uh, I I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to say that like it's all going under I think that there are probably some legitimate things there and I remember Gary V talking about how uh, I remember him talking about how you know in this there's gonna be this huge wave and influx of people like rushing it's like the gold rush of people going to it and then all the shysters all the you know the bad ones are gonna you know fall by the wayside and people are going to struggle there's people that are going to lose a lot of money in this in this process but if the you know the real the real valuable ones and the real the good companies and stuff will eventually like rise to the top and that's how it works with all of these quote-unquote gold rush style deals yeah i mean you talk about the internet bubble where only a few survived <coughs> Same with everything, but I think I told you about it yesterday the the old quote that talks about how uh, I think the most dangerous thing for a man is to see his neighbor get rich, uh, and that's kind of what we've seen here. I know we have some people in our lives that are very amateur investors. Uh, nothing wrong with that, but like investing in some weird coin, and I was like, <laughs> well, what do you really know about this coin? Is it? It might have utility. I have no idea, but right. I. I how can you invest in something you just don't know anything about? And that was honestly, and shout to shout out to Fody and, and Nico, the Hoboken version of the what are those brothers from Harvard? The, the Winklevoss the, twins. The Winklevoss twins. The the Gionis is here in Hoboken, or the Winklevoss twins of, of Hoboken. Uh, shout out to those guys because that that was the biggest hurdle when when we were sitting there having dinner drinking scotch was that I just didn't know enough about it, and they were trying to educate me on it. But to get to get you know heavily invested in something, at least in my world, uh, I'd like to feel uh, you know a bit more comfortable with what yeah, I'm no doing. And rule number uh, one: I don't just, lose money. Rule number two: see rule number one. Yeah, I just never, I just never, never got to that point in crypto. Maybe I will eventually, but um, you know, just never, never happened to get there. But moving on to more fun things. Now that Sam Frinkman Roy, or whatever the hell guy's name is. Uh, he is. He he still believes that he. Uh, I think he saw. He said that his his biggest mistake that he regrets uh, over the past like, however many weeks was filing Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. Really? Uh, that yeah, was his biggest he said, regret. He says that he has no control over the business anymore, and he could have, in his opinion, which sounds far fetched, but in his opinion, he believes that in a month he could have made everyone whole by raising more funds. Oh God! Uh, that's it's. I mean, that's he very uh, was, rework of him. He was very good at raising money. I'll give him that. But it is kind of, I mean, that is, it, it, I, where the hell are you getting that money from? Who's, who's, who's giving it to you? Well, uh, they, that's, so, that's, that's, that's WeWork. That's, uh, and that's that lady from uh, Theranos. 
Elizabeth Holmes. Everybody mm-hmm. was just investing in them, and it was just like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just have to – I mean, and he has to go get $8 billion. It's not like, you know, you go get, you know, $30 million from, like, you know, Kevin O'Leary or something like that, and boom, you're back to good. You need to get, like, $8 billion fucking dollars from somebody. Uh, am I allowed to curse on, curse on Twitter space, Sean? Is Elon cool with that? Yeah, he's cool with that, as long as you don't just par- start pretending you're Elon Musk. Oh, okay. Yeah, because apparently that's, that's bad on TikTok. Can't, can't curse. But anyway, uh, he, I mean, to raise $8 billion, you got to go to these huge banks – uh, no one in the United, no big bank in the United States is going to do it. So we're going to have to go overseas. Next thing you know, he's with the Saudis, yeah. and uh, you know he's playing. He's doing a celebrity tour in the Live Golf Tour. So <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the celeb, the celebrity guest he's the celeb on the Live guy, Golf Tour. <clears throat> but before I get this, and sorry for the folks here listening on Tour Space that you cannot fast forward this uh, this portion, but we do have ads because our good friends over at we. We, uh, we, I'm talking about we work now. Our good friends over at WinBet uh, is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas online sports betting. Whether you're a recreational player or a serious handicapper, WinBet is your ticket to every exciting wager from straight bets to parlays, teasers, and any exotic proposition wager you can dream up. Sign up today and use promo code XSWC1. And after placing your first $100 wager, you receive $100 to bet with. There is also a $50 casino buzz for those in New Jersey and Michigan as a first-time player. Again, the promo code is XSWC1. There is no better way to enjoy sports than with some extra winnings in your pocket to use for all your favorite bets. Betting is a team sport. Join the WinBet team and bet with the best. Our service is James Turner. This is a WinBet. The company is participate. Only available in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. That's my first ever live one. I did a great job. Wow. Um, what a guy. What a guy. All right, Sean. Let's dive into your, fa- your favorite topic of all time. And uh, for those of you that know Sean, you can mute this portion because we're going to talk about West Virginia. And the absolute abysmal, abysmal performance they've had this year. And thus, in a situation now where, and I'll let Sean do the specifics, but I'll give you the brief overview. They're in a situation now where they just fired the athletic director. There's obviously a buyout in, involved in that. And then they're hopefully going to fire their head coach. Uh, and there's obviously a much larger buyout in, in regards to that. And now we're talking about, as we always do in this podcast, trying to correlate sports and business kind of in the same thing. And they have quite the financial conundrum on their hands. Uh, and Sean, I'll let you dive in a little bit more into the specifics of that. Right, so uh, what I what I'll say for for the people listening live, or just anybody listening in general, like obviously, like I'm I love WVU. It's been a fan of them ever since I was a kid. Huge football fan. Uh, but what what I actually want this little segment to be about is just like the nonsense of like people just like thinking that you know past a certain point, certain institutions like money is just irrelevant. Like donors, uh, endowment. I saw people talking about how like they can just uh, just snag the money from the endowment. The endowment is also not money in a shoebox. Endowment is a money that is is like it's a nest egg that's like growing over time. You don't pull money out of it because your football team isn't isn't bowl eligible. Uh, so that just let's squash that right away. So I just want to I want to talk about that and about like you know people like down in Texas A and M and College Station they're going through something similar where they have Jimbo Fisher who's lost six straight games and they're calling for his head but his buyout is twenty million dollars or it's actually no I think it's. I th- Actually, it might be more. It might be like ninety million or something like that. Like it's crazy, uh, and this the people just think like whatever. Like everybody's rich, just do this. And I think like a school like WVU, obviously, since I'm passionate about him, I I dove in because I want to see if it's actually realistic that they might fire him. So uh, here's so I went through the 2019 WVU athletics financial report just to get a sense of where they are at so just just so everybody is up to speed West Virginia has been under 500 in the four years under Neil Brown 
not really, you know, not really what we're looking for here. Nice guy. Uh, I've, he's represented the state and the university well, but we just, he's like I tell everybody, he's done everything well but win. Uh, and you, you, you just got to win. So now we're at a point now where we're like, do we let this guy go? Now, in December of last year, uh, we extended him through 2026, which is the reason why we let Shane Lyons, the athletic director, go, because that is just putting us in an absolute freaking bind. So as it stands right now, I've, I've seen conflicting reports. Some people say it's $20.2 million. Some people say it's $16 million right now. Uh, but either way, if we bought him out right now, it's going to be some one of those two numbers. It has to be we're going to have to pay him $20 million. Uh, we're going to have to pay him $16 million right there. Uh, I looked at other numbers as well because, as a lot of people know, that's not just the head coach that you have to buy out as well. It's going to be the assistant coach as well. Maybe the maybe the new guy will keep some people on. But uh, for the most part, uh, you know, they're going to let people go. So it, the total coach's salary in one year, this was 2019, so it's probably a little bit higher as people get like incremental raises as they go. The total, the total coach's salary for football at West Virginia in 2019 uh, was $8.8 million. And just as a reference, I was unable to find anything – past uh, 2019 in their in the financial reports online in the 30 seconds I searched for it. Um, so total coach salary was 8.8 million to the support staff. So strength and conditioning, uh, athletic training, social media, all of those other like support, you know, director of recruiting, you know, chief of staff, all those positions. Uh, salary was 1.3 million. So we're probably going to wipe that off the books as well. Uh, let me see here if there's anything else that's so we'll start with that, Patrick. Uh, what do you think about those those two numbers of just when I say like, okay, now it's more than just uh, Neil Brown. We're talking about eight point eight. We're talking about about roughly. We're talking about ten point one million dollars per year for the next four seat four years uh, that we have to come up with the money to pay just to pay people to not come to work. What do you got there? I mean, it sucks. Uh, I mean, I think that's the main reason why we fired Shane Lyons because, I mean, he, he for the most part, he's got to be an integral factor into why we're in this situation. Yes. But, you know, when you're trying to win football games and you you have a big program that's trying to, trying to grow, at this point, Mom's University, shout out MU Hawks, you know, we're on a faster trajectory than West Virginia football is right now. We've been stagnant for, for quite a bit since Rich Rod left. Uh, Dana Horson did a good job a few for a couple of years in there. Like he mixed in a like he was like that guy where every fourth year we'd have a shot. Yep. Uh, but then Neil Brown was supposed to be better than that. And Neil Brown has not been better than that. How many years are we in with Neil Brown now? Uh, this is his fourth season. Um okay, so four years in, we're horrendous. We just got a transfer quarterback from Georgia. Uh, and although he hasn't performed quite well, I can't put everything on him because he was a five-star recruit to Georgia. And he was uh, awesome. It, there's something sus happening here because he was amazing the first couple games of the season. Now he looks like Daigie. Honestly, honestly I, well, one, you know how the sports work, the morale of, the, of this guy uh, you know, coming from Georgia now playing on a shit team in West Virginia. That's got sucky. It's tough to come to work when you when it's when it's just a shit squad all the time. Agreed. Um, but anyway, regardless of that, let's talk the financial. Like what? Yeah. So my, the, I think the real question is is like, obviously, from a football 
alone standpoint, he's gone. He's fired. Yes. But if you're like the new AD coming in, like you have to weigh the like the financial the financials of it uh, because you you have to say like okay, like what puts us on the fastest path to that next level? And when you say like I have to pay ten million dollars and just coaches and support staff salary just to tell people not to come to work, and then just just so that we can add on top of that. Uh, Shane Lyons was also signed. I don't know if he just signs himself to this contract, uh, but, but he was also signed through 2026, uh, making 895 to 931,000 per year plus incentives. It's a $3.9 million buyout in total to tell him not to come to work either. Uh, so there's, you're going to throw that on top of, on top of, on top of the 10 million per year salaries to not to first for people not to come to work. Uh, so now with just that information, like financially, do you think it makes sense or is it putting WVU in a worse position to bring in the next staff and put us on a path to actually getting into the college football playoff? Well, this whole salary fiasco has put us in a really tough position. Yes. Um, so, the problem being, though, is if you're going to fire Shane Lyons, you need to, at West Virginia, be able to go and get someone of note, someone who is a good athletic director. The only way to truly do that is, you know, no athletic director, just like we talked about back in the day with Alex Cora, how when we were in 2015 in Puerto Rico, Alex Cora said he, he turned down the bench coach job with Dave Roberts in, in for the, for the Dodgers yeah. because uh, Dave was was instructed by the front office that he was not going to have any actual control over lineups and, and things like that. So he felt as though he could not do his job properly because it was completely out of his hands what really was going on. <clears throat> so similarly, here in West Virginia, if you want, although the, the number is big, if you're going to fire Shane Lyons, it doesn't make sense to go and do that and then go start the, the athletic director process of, of finding someone to, to be your new athletic director and then yes. have to tell that guy, well, you're stuck with what we have. Well, no but that's the thing. Like, put yourself in the – and you're correct, 100%. But put yourself, in the, put, put yourself in the new AD shoes and you walk into this mess and you're saying like, okay, like I don't want Neil Brown as my coach. That is likely going to be the case. But then you, you get the financials and you look at it and you say – well, Jesus, like, so one of the things I heard somebody say, which I thought was really, really interesting, was think about the leverage that the next coach has, right? So let's say we go out and we hire Hugh Freeze from Liberty. Great coach, by all intents and purposes, I guess probably on some level, just like Neil Brown was a good coach at Troy. We bring him in, and then think about how that nuke, that next coach has us by the balls, really, right? Because uh, if we can't fire him, if, we can, if he underperforms in two years, we can't fire him. Right, because we're going to be paying three coaches' salaries at that point. So he's got us. I mean, he would the leverage on that on that deal would be. I mean, he'd come in and say like, "I want a ten year deal. I know you have to give it to me." You know, if that's the guy that they really want, uh, and that puts us in even. So then you say the next coach, like if we fire Neil Brown, the pressure on the on the administration to hire the right guy, and it has to work. Otherwise, we are going to be with this guy for you know. <laughs> 10 years, maybe. You know what it sounds like, Sean? What? <laughs> sounds like we need to raise some tuition costs here at Western <laughs> University, and we need to bring in some extra dollars to the, to the program because you're right. From a strictly business standpoint and a financial standpoint, 
we're in a we're in a really tough position here because you're you're really what you're what you're saying here is once you get rid of Neil Brown the assistant coach you're paying 10.1 a year out uh, you bring in this new athletic director that's now uh, you know added salary to your cost you have to bring in a new coach new assistants that's gonna be added salary all on yes. top of the 10.1 and what you're doing right now is you're either you're raising more money you know you bring in FTX here to come raise more <laughs> money for you or you're you're gonna have to go you have to go find someone who is not that highly touted and give him a go because he he'll accept a one year a two year deal yeah well where no you can take yourself some- I think I think the I think the the what the going rate would be a three year deal yeah, but you might. But what he's saying, we might not be in a position to be able to give that anymore. So now you got to go get so some guy that we might go has get no Mr. business. Presbyterian, and we have to give, give him get, a one year deal. Yeah, you give someone who has no real business being here, but might be in the next. Like you're seeing, like okay, this guy looks good, but usually you would give him another couple of years before he gets to a to a high major school. You go, hey, listen, you can come in. I'm going to give you for two years. Yeah, you know, you're, we're giving we're fast tracking you because of the financial situation that we're in. We're going to fast track you. And see if you got it because of because of the balance sheet issue we have. I think the real the real answer here, and this is this is what it comes down to, and this is where where we have been. Uh, this is what I've said from for, for years now, is West Virginia needs to figure it the fuck out, and they need to, they need to, they need to find a way to become a, a you know you they they've just been kind of pussyfooting their way around being an actual good college football program, and they're either going to go all in or they're not going to go all in at all. And they need to find a way, maybe call on donors. Maybe you're starting to bring people in and, and figure out a way to do this because, listen, you know, we're not – we can't just keep, you know, we're like almost like circling the drain of a, of a, of a bad program. And either you're going to – like, you know, Rutgers, you know, they had Greg Sean. He did great. He went on to coach the Ravens or the Buccaneers, right? Uh, and it didn't do so great. It went to Penn State. And now they're like, all right, well, if we got to go get Shiano back. And here's all the things you want, Greg. You got it all. We need to go do these things. Figure out a way to do it. There is a way. Figure out a way to do it and go go you know go make something happen for West Virginia because otherwise you're just you're what you're hoping for is you know to go get you know Coach Callahan from Monmouth University who <laughs> somehow was amazing. You get him for half a million dollars a year and wow, we struck gold and now we're a great program. But the reality of that happening is so slim to none, and we shouldn't be right. doing that at, at a high major. So, you, listen, you fucked up with Neil Brown. Find a way to make it work on the balance sheet and go get – what's his face? Go get Jimbo Fisher. If he gets out of his deal, uh, he's already going to get paid $90 million, so maybe he'll take a hometown discount. He doesn't need the money. <laughs> maybe he'll take a hometown discount and say, hey, listen, we're in oh, a tough gonna bind He's going to take right a hometown now. discount if he's coming to Morgantown. Yeah, but again, if he's getting a $90 million buyout from Texas A&M, who really cares? How far um, does $90 million go in Morgantown? He could buy the state. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I agree. I totally think that, I totally think that you know, it's, it's a complete disaster. And, like, yeah, taking the stab at Callahan from Monmouth is one thing. Uh, but, and again, I don't think that that's something we should do. And I think what, what, what's going to happen is he's going to look at – I think he's going to look at the fact that Neil Brown is a top 25 recruiting class somehow. Uh, he's, despite sucking, we're still landing like four star recruits, which is unheard of in Morgantown. And we're like, well, that's, you know, this is interesting. Is he like an amazing recruiter? Uh, I've also, believe it or not, on via Twitter, I've actually spoken with uh, members of the WVU media uh, and. 
they were saying like there is some sentiment out there that people are confused as to why Neil Brown isn't succeeding at West Virginia as a like in the sense that something else might be at play here uh, that that like we don't necessarily like, something behind the scenes that we don't necessarily understand is why because remember that's why Rich Rod left because he wasn't getting like facilities and stuff and the upgrades that he needed to compete at the at the at the highest level. Uh, so, I mean, we're obviously at $55 million facility now, which I don't think is necessarily uh, the deal, but so here, so let me just, let me just rattle off the rest of these numbers here that I have, because I think it, it, it completes the picture of where WVU's athletic department is now and the decision that they have to make going forward. So in, on this 2019 extrapolated as you will, since it is 2019, but on this 2019 financial report for WVU athletics, uh, they had a revenue, total revenue of $102.6 million, which is awesome. Uh, they had a total operating expense of $98.2 million. So that's, what, $4.4 million in, uh, in, in revenue for the year. Uh, in 2020, in the COVID year, we had to borrow $20 million from the university because we were at a loss of $20 million uh, because of all the COVID stuff, the regulations, the testing, the fact that there were no fans. Uh, so we lost, we lost all that money. Sources apparently putting it at closer to $30 million uh, in, that, you know, in, that, in that ballpark. So if we're just looking from 2019 on, uh, we are – Let's say let's say it's on the low end, twenty million. So now we are sixteen million in the red. You know, after the COVID year, uh, and then we'll say, let's say we've done another four million in two thousand and twenty-one. Uh, so that would put us back up to uh, a twelve million dollar deficit. And then if we like this year, I'm not going to give us the full four because we can't sell tickets. Total ticket sales revenue in for football in 2019 was 13.8 million so let's say let's just say it's just straight 10 because we can't sell nobody's showing up to these damn games anymore i get so now let's say we're down to just a 10 million dollar in the hole deficit so then you say we're going to put in you know roughly 40 million in coaching salary and to get people to not show up to work so that puts us 50 million in the hole (laughs) uh and then you know 54 with Shane Lyons buyout as well. Now we're talking about a $54 million deficit. Now we have to put together a financial package for a can't-miss coach coming in next. Where do we go? I mean, it is quite the conundrum. Yeah. It's State, Uni- State University, right? Yes. Uh, so they'll get money from them as well. Uh, but, I mean, granted, a 4% profit margin is atrocious. I don't yeah, know but I think it might be one of those things where it's like, uh, uh, hey, don't. Uh, I don't think that it's, they're not running it as as like a private private business. There, I think they're. I think it might be like here. This here is your budget, and if like you know how in the office where you have to spend the the, the remaining thousand yeah. dollars, I think it's. I think it's probably something like that. And are state schools even allowed to uh, to uh, run a profit? I, I don't know. Uh, that's yeah, a really sure. that's a really good question because I actually tried to pull up the the actual university's financial reports too. I was just unable to understand what I was looking at. Uh, I couldn't believe they. I was looked like it was a total profit of a million dollars. I don't. I do not quote me on that. Anybody listening, I don't know if that's true. I didn't really understand what I was looking at when I was because there's all sorts of different components to it. Um, but that 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 definitely might be the might be the case. I mean, listen, when it comes to any of this in all of sports, you know, there's universities that. 
uh, yeah, come across these situations all the time. Some of them are, are better funded than we are, obviously. But you know, this is nothing new, I would imagine. I would imagine if we went to other universities, we went over to Texas A&M right now, and we, and we looked at what they're looking at as far as a buyout and uh, what their budget is and what their financial reports say. I would imagine they're not that far off. They might be, they might, their number might be $200 million rather than $100 million a year. Uh, but I bet you their expenses are probably 185. So it's not like I, I doubt there's a lot of people out there that are. I, I doubt there's universities out there that are just you know just inundated with money based off their the, what we see as a financial report. So right. I'm sure there's a way to do it. Um, I will say that it is a decent point though when you're talking about Shane Lyons and Neil Brown. There might be something behind the scenes here that we're unsure of because he is pulling in some really good recruits. Right. And um, I, I you know. Maybe you know the new AD comes in, just says no. You don't get to pick your staff anymore. Uh, I'm going to pick your well, staff. We don't want you, that. We don't want that, right? Apparently, we do. Well, we don't. Well, you're saying. What do you mean? Like you're saying like Neil Brown? Like I'm now choosing your offensive <laughs> offensive coordinator? Oh yeah. I mean, why why would you? Do you have trust right now that Neil Brown's picking good people? Well, no, but I don't know that I want an athletic director, a guy who's not well, committed his life to football. Yeah, but you. Well, maybe he just. Well, first off, we all know we're picking an athletic director here that is very football minded. No, I know, I know, I know. But it's not gonna. Be, it's not like we're gonna go get friggin' John Gruden okay. to be our athletic director. Do we? How bad do we want it? But what I'm saying is, <laughs> imagine, okay, yeah, imagine okay. women's soccer or women's lacrosse, and then, like John Gruden is showing up to your practice. You're like, hey, listen, I, I don't say- matter. Sacred Heart uh, picked uh, Bobby Valentine. He, he doesn't know anything about women's lacrosse. Yes. But what I what I'm saying is I, I'd rather a guy I'd rather you out there, Sean, picking the the offensive coordinators and all that stuff than what we've currently have. What we currently so you, have is yeah, a guy who does. You want change? No, I'm. Yeah, I'm just do anything that's not the yeah. same. Yeah. So I don't care who it is. I anyone but Neil Brown, in my view, Carol Light, God bless her. <laughs> no, she can go no, pick. I, no. I, I love your no, mom. No. I need someone different than Neil Brown because what Neil Brown is doing is not working. It's a, some type of change has to happen. It has to. I, well, you I can't I have the same. You can't run the same thing, Sean. Listen, this is and you people at home. This is what we've been dealing with for the last two decades with with Sean and in his West Virginia fandom. I'm not disagreeing with you here. You need change. You did. You said we 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 can't have that. We can't, I said we, uh, we to, can't have Carol Light. I anyone but Neil Brown because Neil what Neil Brown has clearly demonstrated is he is unable to put together a program that is competitive and that wins. Well, I I I 100% agree with that. And, so and anyone think, is better than I that. think in a perfect world Neil Brown is gone. But I don't know we are not living in a perfect world right now. I'm looking at this and here's another a number I just pulled up on the financial report 2019 uh, total contributions, which looks like this is donations from donors, amounts received from individuals, corporations, associations, foundations, or clubs, or other organizations designated for the operations of the athletic program. Uh, total total contributions in uh, 2019 was 18.8 million. Uh, so you are asking, you are asking, not you, but in order to fire, let everybody go, you are asking for over, you're asking for double, pretty much the contributions from the donors over the next handful of years uh, which i think is a is a very tall task of course it's a tall task sean 
So but, I'm not. But here's the thing: I'm not arguing football. You're right. He's got to go. Where where we need we need change. We need a wholesale change. This this experiment has gone wrong. But if you're the athletic director, here's the question: Is is if you're the athletic director, you walk into this office, you look at this, you look at this disaster of a financial scene, and you do you say, we are better off as a program keeping him and lowering this buyout and hoping for the best, or completely shedding, getting rid of him, putting another financial package from another coaching staff and support staff on the books uh, and going forward with that program. Like, as the athletic director, which puts us in a better position going forward? Really, the question is, do we – is it better suited for West Virginia to hang on to Neil Brown? Because there are some positives minus the winning, right? And and if there maybe is some, you know, hope that he can turn it around, like, fine. Uh, But – is, are we better suited hanging on to him and not making such a gigantic financial commitment? Or is are we better off completely axing it and saying we're all in on having a winning football program again? Like, which helps I, us more as a football program? Which puts us think, closer to being in the playoff? All in on winning a football program. That's what's the closest. Find a way. But the the real question here is – is because we don't have a complete picture of the actual financial situation there. We don't know what actually is available to us in funds. We're just looking at base, what they reported to us, which we all know, Agreed. if you've ever invested in stocks, we all know can be completely fabricated. <laughs> and <laughs> kind of all over the place. You know. Yes, I, and I, and I, doubt, I doubt Western University is using one of the big four accounting firms to do their accounting for them. So I just don't... I, I think there's – I believe that we are not the only program that has gone through this. I believe there's a way to do it, uh, and we need it. We we need change in some regard. The fact that Kansas is a better football team than us right now is disgraceful. Unacceptable. Disgraceful. Yeah, absolutely disgraceful. So we just we just need to be we just need to be better than what than what we're doing right now. Uh, but from a business standpoint, I think I think there's a way. That's my that's well. My I, I look. I I, I definitely agree, and that's the entrepreneur speaking, right? Like you know that. Like I don't have the answer, but I know we. I know that. I know it's possible, so I'm going to go figure it out. I think that the new athletic director likely coming in is not going to be of that mindset. Uh, I just don't. It's just very rare, and it's not going to be an entrepreneur. It's going to be somebody who deals with numbers and statistics and things like that. Uh, he's probably not going to be of that like creative vision, like an Elon Musk. Let's get, a, let's get Elon. I mean, I would love to have Elon Musk as our athletic director. Uh, so I, our funding would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna come in, and I think it's gonna be a real question as to whether or not. We keep, like I don't think it's like uh, I don't think it's all said and done that that Neil Brown is out at the end of the year. Um, if I were to put a prediction on it, we'll give to your pr- prediction as well, though as well, Patrick. Uh, I would I will predict that Neil Brown does get fired. I I say that because I don't think they would have gotten rid of Shane Lyons uh, if that wasn't going to be a foregone conclusion. Yeah, because th- that would. <clears throat> If they got rid of Shane Lyons and was going to make the new AD stick with Neil Brown and his staff, uh, you now we have we have a bigger problem above Shane Lyons than we do just with Shane Lyons because that is a bad idea. Because you're not going to get a, you're not going to get a great AD to come in and be like, yeah, no, I totally want to go with other people's shit, yeah, and and risk my own reputation to to work with someone else's bullshit. 
It's not going to happen. So if you are in a financial mess and you have no idea how you're going to get out of it, but you know that there's no way you can get rid of this staff, then there was no point, really, unless Shane Lyons was a disaster in all the other sports, too, and he's just bleeding and hemorrhaging money elsewhere. Well, there was, there was it wasn't a financial problem, I don't think, in the other sports, but the other sports uh, – like we're like like unbelievably underperforming basketball included uh, under Shane Lyons and that was at least that was mentioned in a lot of the articles. All right. Well, yeah, I don't know how much control he has over all the other sports performing, but it would appear as though you we know, know it's he a was football a good, job. We uh, of course it's a football job. It's the only one that actually does anything for any, any real college football program, but or any college football athletic program. But at the end of the day. If if we come in and we make we allow them in, in any sport in any any business, I mean, look at Elon Musk right now at Twitter. Came in and said the entire board is fired. You all can go fuck off. And that is because he wants to go to war with his own people. He thinks that Twitter was run poorly. That's why he bought. It. He thinks they they sucked at their jobs. So why would you hold up that that board? Right. Why would you keep them there? They sucked for the last however many years. So now you get rid of the top guy. Elon Musk comes in, gets rid of the top guy, and he goes and gets his army of people that he wants to go to battle with and to go take, make Twitter a profitable company. Similarly, you get rid of the head guy, and the reason why you get rid of the head guy and not the coaches immediately is because you bring in the guy that you trust and then he goes and gets his people. If you can't allow this gentleman to come in and get – I bet you Elon Musk does not, does not buy Twitter if he can't fire as, who he wants as he pleases. So – if you can't go get that, if that's not on the table for you, then you're not going to get another athletic director. So I agree with you in the sense that, at least I hope, that the head honchos at Western University got rid of the AD knowing that the new AD would have the flexibility to go get the people he wants to be put in place here at Western University to, in order to compete at a high level in the Big 12. I if, would hope that. If you're the new AD... Do you take the job and your first order of business isn't to fire Neil Brown? It is to start asking around. Like, do you call Texas A&M and see if the availability of Jimbo? Do you call Liberty to see the availability of Hugh Freeze? Do you try to make no. those phone calls? I don't call Liberty. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. Well, whatever. Uh, Whoever the, 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 the coaches are I'm done with the mid-majors getting their get, – I'm done, yeah, I'm done with the mid-majors getting their shots okay. at Western University. And that's, that's fine. But, like, you call the people that you would be like, I would fire Neil Brown right now for this for this guy, hands down. Uh, and if, if, if you're just getting crickets back, they're like, I don't know. I don't really want to do this. Sorry. Uh, are, do, you like, do you, like, wait before you fire Neil Brown? Or do you just say, like, clean, gone, done, bye? I mean, I think I know what you would do, but, like, <laughs> just considering, you know, the, I, I'm well, on no, no, this, this financial deal. No, in my opinion, it depends how clo- how sh- how 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 quiet you can keep it, which you because are not going to be able to do. If you're not going to be able to keep it quiet, then you get rid of Neil Brown immediately. You put the new, you put the uh, the assistant you trust the most in that position, uh, and as the interim. And in the me- in meanwhile, you start your your head coaching search. There there will be and no interim because we'll fire him at the end of the season. Yeah, well, well. Oh no! I'm saying it. Well, we're say the AD search apparently is going to be very quick. So if I get hired to tomorrow, weeks. if I get hired in in November or whatever, we're not going to play a bowl game. Uh, so there, it, so there is no interim. Whatever. If there's an interim, there's not. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is he's fired immediately, <laughs> and my head coaching search begins. Uh, and uh, 
I'm not I'm not putting because no matter what, we're in limbo right now. So you don't want you don't have either the egg guy because you don't want the recruits to be like, well, we don't know what's going on here. People already don't know what's going on here. So that is not a, a no concern. You go and you and you you make action immediately, and then you go find the find the guy you want to go to. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if I'm the athletic director, even 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 talking about being hired at West Virginia, I might make phone calls before I'm even hired. Yeah, uh, that's a and really good to point. See the, and see the possibility of bringing in a Jimbo Fisher, and if Jimbo Fisher wants to come coach for us, and be like, all right, yeah, no, I want this job. I, I want this job, and I'm going to ask for $12 million because I'm going to guarantee you that I get Jimbo Fisher here next year. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, those, are the, those are the types of conversations you have, though. Uh, and, again, I don't, because I guess I don't really know how if that's colluding or not if you're not hired by any program. But That's pretty wide open in, in, in college. You can I, – I don't think that's – I think you're allowed to do that. Okay. Well, regardless, uh, that's my move. I've, I've, I'm, a, I'm a pretty – cut and dry guy when it comes to a lot of this stuff um and like like if you know we talk about my restaurants and things like that no one asks questions about anything if you're cutting checks to the investors at the end of the month very true the moment you stop cutting checks everyone asks questions so you know things you can get away with a bad ad or you know a questionable like you said with rich rodriguez you know when he left for michigan you know people were like oh yeah he, he played he did well and blah, blah, blah. And then you find out years later that he didn't want to leave West Virginia, but he had to because they were unwilling to make the, the necessary adjust- adjustments to make West Virginia football a big-time program. And now we're in a position where we've kind of been in limbo. We moved up to the Big 12, but we've kind of been in limbo for the last however many years since we've been to the Big 12 because, you know, we just have kind of floundering. We're not really – we're not – I don't – to me, West Virginia, although they, they spent big money on Neil Brown, which I thought was a bad decision – uh, we we didn't we never seemed to be like we're all in, we're going for it. Yeah, yeah we we gave we gave the Troy coach a big contract. Great great job, guys. And now look where we're at. You know, we need to be all in on a big time coach. And you know, maybe you can draw. You know, I don't know who else is out there. That's a, that's a possibility. But maybe you can draw on. You know, you know what's the guy Chip Kelly who came from went from the Eagles, failed to the Eagles, went back to UCLA. You know, we were running that kind of style of offense back then. You know, we could have had a Chip Kelly come. You telling me West Virginia is not on the same level as a football program as UCLA? Well, I think we are, but I think like prestige-wise, UCLA is over us. Prestige-wise, as a as a school in total, I don't think prestige-wise as a football. Well, program, no, I mean WVU is a more more a more storied. I mean, we're like the fifteenth winningest program of all time. <coughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I think we go all in. We we make it work, um, and you go borrow some money from the state to go do it. Yeah, listen, you, you <laughs> the poorest uh, state yeah. in the union. Yeah, listen. Sorry, guys. Need, I don't know what you want to tell me. <laughs> go Mountaineers. Go Mountaineers. I I don't know. I don't I don't really know what else what else you can. And Patrick is back again. Yeah, I'm back. I got another phone call. I guess. I guess you can you go through the through the do not disturb if you call twice. Um, thing, yes. So I just I just firm ignored uh, one of the local bar owners here in town's call. Like firm ignored one ring. <laughs> damn, damn, fuck, fuck you, button. He's over so, there like uh, wow. Yeah. So that that he's you know he's a weirdo, but I don't care. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I think we make a move. 
Uh, I know you want to make a movie, just don't know if it's financially responsible. But uh, I just, I just think, I just think you have to do it. Um, so that, that's that's where I'm. Oh, I should probably read another ad read for our friends over at WinBet. WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Getting all your favorite teams, players, and sports from bo- boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today and use promo code XSWC1. After placing your first $100 wager, you'll receive $100 to bet with. There's also a $50 casino bonus for those in New Jersey and Michigan as a first-time player. Again, promo code is XSWC1. Our service chain turning is at WinBet.com. It's 21 percent only available in Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Uh, speaking of WinBet... We were going, and speaking of WinBet and speaking of West Virginia University, we were both going to, uh, we were both going to um, bet the over or under, or we were going to bet the over in wins this year for West Virginia University uh, at five and a half, I think it was, or four and a half. I think five and uh, a half. Five and a half, and what are we at sitting at right now? <laughs> I mean, it's right in the money, man. We're at four. Jesus. You know, Vegas just knows all, guys. Yeah, they they do. just know all. Uh, but yeah, four and a half. We're, sit- we're at sitting at four. Uh, and how many games do we have left, Sean? Two. Yep. Great, great, great. So we, and who are we playing? Kansas State on Saturday, ranked uh-huh. Kansas State. Okay, but they're without Perfect. their quarterback. Okay. Uh, and Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State to finish the season. Interesting. Interestingly enough. Uh, well, that's 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 gonna be tough. So <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta win out. Win we out have to, to win out. I'm glad I didn't gamble. I didn't bet on it. Jesus, be sitting here watching these two games, hoping for the best. We've been watching one of the worst teams in football history. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what we are. It feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? That's because you're like invested in the team. You like want them to be good. I've always I've always not really enjoyed the sentiment of like. Like, if he wins the next two games, like, he keeps his job. And while it does seem to pan out all the time, uh, to me, it's like it's still a bad program. Like, he's still underperformed. And, like, you know, like, last year we went to a bowl game and we got absolutely pummeled by Minnesota. uh, And it's just, like, the same thing over and over again. Personally, when they extended Neil Brown, I was I was happy about that because I was looking at a team for three straight years had an unbelievable defense top twenty five in the country uh, and it just seemed that if we took if we literally picked Jarrett Diggy up l- removed him from the team and put a good quarterback in there like J T Daniels as I thought I was like we could be freaking elite so now I question Neil Brown in its entirety whether we make the bowl game or not before the season I was under the impression like if we're not like eight to ten wins was my on record, that's where I think that that we should be. Um, so, you know, I've I, like if I were the AD, I would not be saying like these last two games are pivotal. You've underperformed. Period. I think no matter what, he can. I think maybe he's twenty one and twenty four over over the over the four seasons. So that would bring him up to five hundred total. I just don't like to me the entirety of the problem and the entirety of the question of whether Neil Brown comes back or not is financial. Period. Uh, I don't think that I think that if there was no financial troubles or if it was minimal, I think that he's absolutely gone. Uh, and I just think that financially I do. I am looking at these numbers and I'm like, holy shit, like this is crazy. Like we're we are we're putting ourselves in a massive pickle. So, no, I don't think that the next two games should matter, although it does seem to be a thing that athletic departments and people do. I don't know. Patty, what do you think? 
I think that, I think we get rid of him regardless. I don't know that we have it. I see Brandy request again. I'll let you write in. Brandon, who shockingly looks like Neil Brown from a quick glance. Uh, but, I, no, I, I, I see, especially at West Virginia, could I see them being like, oh, well, he had a winning season. We should keep him. Yes, I, I could see that happening because we've been historically a very mediocre program when it comes to actually making decisions. But <clears throat> I do I do want uh, – I don't think it should be impactful on whether or not we get rid of him. I think that he has underperformed, and I think we need, a, I need, we need, we need to make a change uh, the moment a new AD comes in here, and I really hope – uh, that uh, I really hope that they do that, uh, but I I I think there's there's I'm really rattled by the play calling because it doesn't seem like it has changed even a little bit since Graham Harrell and they were ta- I remember there was a quote preseason somebody asked Neil uh, asked Graham Harrell something and he said we're barely going to run the ball and I was like let's go and. I, with that same stupid ass screen that we see where they look the other way and then they throw it back like that is like the go-to play we see the same the same crap over and over and over again and I'm like what what ha- where's the air raid where's the stuff that Graham Harrell was supposed to bring here this looks like Neil Brown all over again uh I, I you know being able to not be able to pay these assistants well you know and maybe that really maybe we're talking about how <clears throat> Neil Brown is a great recruiter, uh, maybe not a great play caller, but a great recruiter and such. And people are saying, well, there might be something behind the scenes that might not uh, lend itself to allowing Neil Brown to succeed. Perhaps that's one of the things. Perhaps you know they're bringing in a guy that is going to be a little bit better about spending some money, in, you know, intelligently, where we can get some good guys surrounding Neil Brown yeah. uh, that are going to allow this team to succeed at a high level uh, and. Maybe that's maybe that's what we're not seeing. But, you know, maybe that's something that you know the the average fan like myself doesn't see uh, and doesn't realize that maybe he's over there. Maybe Neil Brown's sitting over there, fucking furious, being like, "It was what am I supposed to do with these? When I I can only hire this guy for twenty grand. It's not twenty grand, obviously, but when I can only hire someone for such a small amount of money, I can't get the guys that we need to actually build a program here." But anyway, uh, that's all I had uh, before I have to ignore any more phone calls as we get later here in the day. Uh, that's all I had. Uh, Sean, do you got anything else here at West Virginia? I'll make my prediction. Neil Brown's out. New day D. Uh, although the new caveat from Brandon that be, those assistants surrounding him, if those are not the guys that he actually wanted, uh, perhaps perhaps there's some wiggle room there. Perhaps there's some inner workings behind the scenes where, where maybe Neil Brown went over Shane Lyons' head to the people who are really in charge saying, hey, I, I need more flexibility here. And I'm just not getting it with Shane. Maybe, maybe, maybe that was the move. They have a lot of faith in Neil. They don't have a lot of faith in Shane to be able to get it done. Who really knows? Uh, but um, for the time being, I'm saying we're out. Yes. Uh, and um, uh, Neil Brown is is toast. So uh, you're, you, I think you agree, Sean. Yeah, I just don't see any way that he stays. I, I you know, I don't, I don't know what Shane Lyons could be doing to really like make it this bad you know like we're four and six right now uh i think at the end of the day maybe you know like from an eight to ten win team expectation in my book to four wins right now neil's culpable for 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 a lot of this uh so i do i think he's gone uh i think the new ad comes in and takes him takes him out pretty quickly uh and neil brown be able to go home with his 17 million dollars and uh you know enjoy it figure it figure it out from there all right. Well, guys, I appreciate everyone listening. The first time doing Twitter Spaces, 
Awesome. Um, I loved it. Yeah, it's certainly uh, a different type of uh, a version of our podcast. We won't have a video version, so our mother will be quite upset. But, uh, you know, I think this was an interesting way to do uh, a podcast. And I know you've been more on Twitter lately. I'm, I'm somewhat on it every now and again. I'm more of a TikTok, YouTube guy. But certainly an interesting way to, uh, to do a podcast. So I appreciate everyone listening. And, uh, you know, if you don't already do so, which you definitely do, uh, go ahead and follow me and Sean. But other than that, uh, we will see you guys uh, next week. I think we should try to make this kind of a weekly thing. Maybe we don't do Thursday for Miranda's sake. Yeah. Uh, but maybe we shoot for like a Wednesday 9.15 a.m. Uh, recording every every uh, every week. Maybe that gets some more people in here too. So, um, yeah, until next time, guys, enjoy your weekend. Sorry, we're closed.